0: Major League Baseball's playoffs would seem to be one of those, like, let's find a cure for cancer kind of ideas that everyone, everyone could get behind. And uh, no, no. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. We, my friends, have some time to kill. We have a great, big, if we're lucky, blank space between now and the next time we're talking about actual baseball being played in any of the 30 venues across North America and as such one of the things I'm going to do from time to time is to look at different components of the labor dispute which is blissfully now into day six and try to look at all sides of the argument and in this specific case Wonder why it's an argument at all. One of the proposals put forth in the last document that the owners submitted to the Major League Baseball Players Association called for seven playoff teams in each of the American and National Leagues. So what you'd have is the 3 division winners plus 4 wild card teams the team with the best record overall in the league gets a first round bye which is really cool i can get behind that so yay dodgers the remaining 6 teams in each league will participate in a 3 game wild card series anybody who's been following my stuff for years know that i am way behind that and I am still a believer that if the Pirates had a three-game wild card series or any kind of actual series as opposed to a one-and-done, that they very likely would have gotten rewarded with a lot more than just the one win against Cincinnati in 2013 out of that three-year span. Especially the 2015 team. That's the one. The 98-win team not advancing. Just the whole one, one and done is just a terrible format for anything other than football. But especially baseball, which is played in series. So, so far, so good, right? Okay. Now, the two division winners that didn't get that buy. So, let's take some money teams here. Let's take the Cubs and the Mets. All right? Cubs and the Mets. They get to pick from the wild card teams which ones they want to face. I'm going to read this out loud in case it didn't come across clearly enough. The two division winners in each league... That don't receive the buy would choose their wild card series opponents. The division winner with the second best record would choose its opponent from the bottom three wild card clubs. The remaining division winner would have to pick, have its pick of the bottom two wild card teams still available. The remaining wild card winners would, of course, face each other until you're down to just three teams. At which point, everything just becomes a lot more normalized, like the division series. They might even call it that still. Makes sense? Yeah. Again, like no matter what you think about picking uh, and whether or not it's cheesy or whether it's insulting to the team that gets picked, uh, it's something people would talk about. You know, uh, a, a lot of sports fans, and I'm no exception to this, rip college football into infinity for all the various debates that go on about this team should have been in, that team should have been out, this system's a joke. Fact of the matter is, everybody talks about it. And right now, nobody talks about baseball playoffs outside of New York, Los Angeles, and a couple other markets. So this could theoretically be something that gets more people discussing baseball on a broader scale. I'm okay with that. Not wild about it, but okay with it. And realistically, if you think about it, The decisions that get made won't really be insulting as much as they will be based on injury. That's what you're going to see. Whoever it is that's picking an opponent is going to pick somebody based on who's got the the fewest arms available or pitching matchups. 1,000%, I can guarantee you that. And they'll just say that. Look, I mean, it's unfortunate that they're missing all these guys, but, you know, that's how it is. We'll take them. So, again, what's not to like? More hope, more playoffs, more people paying attention in more markets. Well, guess who's opposed to that? It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. That's right, the Major League Baseball Players Association doesn't like this plan. They don't like the idea of expanded playoffs. You know why? Because their actual overlord, Super Agent Scott Boris, who controls five of the eight spots on... The MLBPA executive board, which is made up entirely of players, five of those eight are his clients and will listen to him and follow him off a cliff if necessary. And he's also very influential with Tony Clark himself and the other people that are involved in the uh, day-to-day executive dealings of the MLBPA. Boris doesn't like this idea because it rewards, in his eyes, teams that might not necessarily spend up to where Scott thinks they should be spending. How do we know that? Well, we don't have to guess anymore. That was stuff that I'd heard behind the scenes previously. But then Boris, just last month, went on a rant about how the Atlanta Braves were phony World Series champions because they didn't spend as much as the Dodgers and other teams had. They instead waited until the trade deadline, added some pieces that they could afford at the prorated salaries, meaning if you get them in, at the end of July, you're only paying them for two months of action, so you're paying for one-third of their salary, very similar to what the Pirates did in 2013 through 15, when they were bringing in, uh, if you'll recall, uh, Aramis Ramirez, Justin Morneau, those types of players. That, that's, that's, uh, that's cheating. That's cheating the system. That's cheating the ethics of the money that all of these teams should be paying out. Even if those teams don't have anywhere near the revenue streams that the Dodgers and a handful of other teams do. So, the Players Association is concerned that by opening the playoffs to even more teams, you'll be rewarding this bad behavior. You'll be saying, hey, it's okay to not spend as much, and you really don't have to spend as much anyway because the field is bigger. This is how these people think. Can you believe this? And can you believe that there's a there's any segment of baseball fandom that looks at this and doesn't say, What in the hell is wrong with these people? How is there no pushback to this? How is there no pushback from the players themselves who lose out on playoff revenue? No, you don't get paid a salary, but you get paid round by round. It's not enormous. It's definitely not what Bryce Harper makes in a regular season game. But it's still more money. Oh, you know what else it is? It's more opportunity to win a World Series. Which, last time I checked, I thought was the objective of playing this beautiful game. But no, it turns out I was wrong. The objective is to fill Scott Boris' pockets. So what he wants is a world in which everybody is the Dodgers everybody just magically produces a 25 year 8.3 billion dollar local tv contract and commits it to Scott that's that's his world in which the owners individually and collectively bow at his feet, even to the extent that they, the players, will go along with an insane notion like this, that fewer teams participating in the playoffs is a good thing. And, and please spare me purity and, and, and this other nonsense. Baseball would still have Only 14 total teams in the playoffs, which would be the same number as the NFL and two fewer than the NHL and the NBA. Nothing would be out of line in any capacity. The only thing that would happen is that more people would enjoy the game, more markets would have more hope. Can't have that. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question on Daily Shot of Pirates. And today's J1Q comes from Ben who asks, Hey DK, with minor league baseball seasons continuing as planned and no player on a 40-man roster being ineligible to play, does that mean the DFA'd guys like Colin Moran and Chad Cool and Stephen Brault could possibly play at Indianapolis? It would be good for all parties. The Pirates would be able to field a competitive AAA team and the guys get a chance to show teams they're still worth a claim once the game opens up again. I don't think you'll see that. I don't think you'll see players who are expecting to be major league free agents doing a whole lot of that. I strongly suspect you'll see them holding ranks with the regular uh, big leaguers who are held out. Colin Moran, Chad Cool, and Stephen Brault all have been in the majors for a while now. So for them to all of a sudden behave as if they're minor leaguers, regardless of their actual contract status... Uh, I don't think you'll see that. Here's the other part that I don't think you'll see. I don't think you'll see the pirates keep them. I don't think you'll see any sort of assignment made to Indianapolis. The way Ben Charrington spoke about all three of them, with different contexts uh, applicable to each one, for example, Moran... They were leery of the arbitration figure. Cool wanted to start. Braults obviously had a ton of injuries. Uh, they really sounded like, or Charrington really sounded like, as if the cord had been cut. If something were to happen and they were to come back. He gave the the obligatory, uh, the door is still cracked line. Uh, he used that one with Moran. I'm I'm not buying that. I believe. As I'd mentioned yesterday, that they're clearing roster spots. And they're clearing roster spots that they evidently have designs on. What those designs might be could, this is where my tinfoil hat comes in, could depend on the outcome of the collective bargaining agreement. For example... If the Pirates' current payroll projection for 2022 is something like $40 million. I haven't looked at that in a long time, but let's just say it's something like $40 million. and let's also presume that as happened with the National Hockey League, there's a grandfathering period so you don't have to rock it up to the $100 million floor, that you'll need to at least move up somewhat. You do need to go in that direction, and I think the same thing will apply uh, as it did in the NHL to teams that are grossly over the ceiling, meaning Dodgers mostly, that you've got to start finding a way to work your way down. I mentioned yesterday that the Yankees only committed $2 million total in free agent spending while... The entirety of baseball was on the hook for $1.7 billion of that in November. That kind of raised my antenna there in, in both directions. The Pirates are going to have to be able to spend money without committing it to mediocre and or shaky players. When I'm referring to shakiness here, I'm talking about the injuries. Cool coming off the Tommy John and being erratic, Moran missed most of the season to injury, Brault's missed most of the past two or three seasons to injury, that if they're going to be forced to spend money, you don't want to spend it on those guys. I did hear from a listener today, and I want to throw this in parenthetically, uh, remarking that when I brought this up yesterday, you'd hate to see the Pirates... Force their way up to a salary floor by bringing in a whole bunch of Roberto Perez and Jose Quintana's. And I agree with that, but I'm going to repeat here there's a grandfathering period with these things always. So I don't believe that either Perez or Quintana were brought in for that purpose. Perez came in to address an immediate and grotesque hole in their in their lineup meaning that they don't have a catcher like at all so they paid what was necessary to bring in Perez they felt he'd be the best fit for this pitching staff etc etc and Quintana they think he's going to be fine they think he can contribute they they don't see him as as washed up or uh past tense. They they saw something in his strikeout rate last year, even while his ERA and the more conventional numbers were were terrible. They think that they can get him to uh, get enough swings and misses to become a good pitcher. So I, I wouldn't lump those guys into this thing that I'm discussing. I'm saying that you don't want to have either payroll or, and this really is more important, roster spots. You don't have... Roster spots into infinity. Nobody does. Not even the Dodgers. Although I'm sure they could pay somebody enough to get some. So you have to be careful what you commit to. Because if you do have to spend up to fill holes in your lineup, uh, you're not going to want to have Moran and Cool and Brault blocking them. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow.